I'm not gonna raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drink your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello. From the Dire Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode four, Gonzaga. Well, West Virginia University has failed to go undefeated for the 112th straight season in a row, losing 87-82 to number one Gonzaga in the Jimmy V Classic held in Indianapolis in front of nobody. There's no one. You can't go to basketball games right now. Did anyone Google full moon during the game? Do you still type in when you use Google or do you just press the microphone thing? However you're doing it. I felt compelled to figure out, are are we having a full moon? There was a lot going on during this game. Think about everything that transpired. And I'll try to go in chronological order here, but think about it. Early on in the game, the guy from Cobra Kai, I mean Gonzaga, he showed no mercy to shot robot on a drive to the hoop. He did not sweep the leg as is the custom for guys who are in Cobra Kai and ladies, but he did drop the elbow on the way in shot robot. Of course got called for the foul because why not? Another revelation shot robot bled from the head which, you know, bleeding robots, that's kind of like Terminator stuff happening there. Another thing, he's bleeding, laying on the court. What does ESPN do? The fine folks at ESPN, they cut to a video of the Cobra Kai guy. You know, the guy that just dropped his elbow into shot robot's head, making him bleed? Like that. And he's laying on the floor. Cobra Kai guy at his very nice backyard home court setup. Dribbling versus an actual bulldog. Which is not bad by itself, you know? It's cute, right? But our guy's bleeding on the court. Could we have saved that for later in the game? Or did somebody, did a producer say, oh, yeah, the guy who just dropped the elbow. Let's, let's, let's run that video we have of him, that cute, that cute bulldog video. Good grief. I mean, it was, it's more blood than what I would like to see during a basketball game, which is zero. And it took a while to clean up, and I'm trying not to be graphic here, but I'm just explaining what happened. It took a lot of time to clean up, you know, all the blood. And it was so much cleanup, it reminded me of the movie Bloodsport. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil Bloodsport starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. But 
in Bloodsport, there's a lot of, you know, mopping up blood. <laughs> I mean, blood's in the name of the of the movie, right? But I was waiting for one of the the guys mopping up the mess to pick up a gold tooth off of the court, bite it, and put it in his pocket. I'm just saying there was a lot of blood. Sean McNeil did return to the game, so I don't want to make light of him being injured. But I, I, I kind of did, but it wasn't directed at Sean. Anyway, soon after that, a Gonzaga guard, freshman guy, really good, seems to have a terrible ankle injury. He's carried off the court. And let me tell you this, based on that whole bulldog, cute bulldog video, it and I didn't say this out loud. I may, okay, I may have said this out loud. I didn't mean it because I was really concerned about the the gentleman. But it made me think. All right, in the in the efforts of fairness, is ESPN going to cut to a video of like Derek Culver posting up the Mountaineer mascot while the guy is like crying on the court because he's really hurt his ankle? I'm not saying they should have done that. I just want people to be consistent. That's all. Or just, you know, I, I, I might be a crazy person. Then Dan Shulman and Jay Billis calling the game because pandem- it, because of pandemic, they're calling the game in different rooms in the same building in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is a different time zone than Indianapolis, Indiana. You can't hear them for a stretch of the first half. So Holly Rowe, who's the sideline person on side in Indy, she has to do the reins and she, and very capably does the job of calling the game until they returned. Then you could actually hear her breathe a sigh of relief and like, all right, guys, can you just, can we just hear you and you all do that thing? And then you all cut to me and I'll do the play by play. uh, Never again. Anyways, that doesn't happen every game, you know, not hearing the announcers and then also not hearing the announcers in a different state, but in the same room, but not in the same room, but in the same building. All right. Other weird things. All this is happening. All right. This all happened in one game. Gabe Osaboyan, my hero. He made the mid range shot that I screamed. Oh no. Before it went in. And then I said, Oh Yes with love and respect. Then he made a three-pointer from the left side where the net didn't move. Like he's a he's a three-point assassin, Gabe Osaboyan. Amazing. And I didn't say, candidly, I didn't say, oh no, when he shot the three, but was wildly excited when it was like a Steph Curry three where the net didn't even move. Gabe made all of his free throws. I guess what I'm telling you is that Gabe, four games into the season, as we progress, he's looking better offensively in each game. And he's still doing the stuff that I that I, I want from Gabe. He's doing the hustle plays. He's playing defense. Yes, he fouled out. But I guess what I'm saying is it's four games in. His rebounds are improving. His rebounding. His offense is improving. The defense and, and hustle is still there. I feel 
the best watching WVU when Gabe is one of the five players? Yeah, I said it. And then I can I can say that about a couple of other guys, but it is, it's an exclusive club. And Gabe's in that club, and he deserves to be in that club. So, <laughs> and which is crazy to say because Gabe, one of Gabe's roles, or his main role, is the fill-in for either Culver or Oscar. And in this game against number one Gonzaga, Derek Culver and Oscar Sheepway both almost had a double-double in the first half. So can all three of those guys play together? Probably not. <laughs> it's not ideal. But if Gabe keeps doing this, he's one of the best passers into the post. If he keeps this up and he's like, again, he's not shooting a ton of shots, but when he's shooting, he's making them. It just brings a dynamic to this team where, again, you just want him on the court. Anyways, WV was WVU was up at the end of the first half against number one Gonzaga. All these crazy things that happened. Also, there was a Woj bomb during the game of a big NBA trade involving Russell Westbrook getting traded to the Washington Wizards. My apologies to Russell Westbrook. John Wall going to Houston. Such a such a weird trade, uh, a weird trade. West Virginia did not miss a free throw in the first half. So all that in the first 20 minutes, all that stuff took place, all crazy stuff. Second half, less crazy, but not good for WVU. WVU gave up its first 50-burger of the season, actually 53 to be exact. The big guy for Gonzaga who went like one for nine in the first half, he did not go one for nine in the second half. He made a bunch of shots. Cobra Kai guy made a bunch of shots. The guy who transferred from Florida that was part of beating WVU the last time they were in the Jimmy V Classic, he was like unstoppable in the second half getting to the rim. He's never walked. My man Nebhardt has never walked with the basketball. Uh, Shot Robot came back with an electrical tape on his forehead. The guy with the ankle injury just legit walked it off. And our good friends at ESPN was there every step of the recovery. And he ended up back in the game. And I'm, I'm pleased that both guys were able to return to the game. It's just, do we need to watch one of those two? gingerly walking around for what seemed to be forever as a as part of my screen with the other part of the screen you know showing the game with love and respect to that guy we don't need to see him gingerly walking and recovering just come back on the court and 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 then we'll watch it then anyways oscar fouled out with over seven minutes left so Played a bunch in the first half, but my guy Oscar, he's got to stop making cheap fouls. Yes, some of the fouls were questionable tonight. Referees, say it with me. Referees are generally bad. And I couldn't do better than them. Did you say it with me? Did it feel be- Did it feel good to say that? 
but that's uh, there's different refs in each game, and Oscar three out of the first four games has dealt with foul trouble. The positive on that was Isaiah Cottrell got some more minutes, and this was his best offensive performance of the season. Six points. He looked steady out there. I think he had a block shot. He had an assist. First, you know, first chance for Isaiah Cottrell to show his promise in a game where the other three games didn't see it that much. First glimpse of what Isaiah Cottrell can bring to the game. And I liked it. And that's good. And he did it against number one Gonzaga. So that's great. And a positive. Gabe fouled out with 314 left. It was a three-point game at that point. And then guess what? Gonzaga scores the next six. Game over. So to sum up the game, really, second half, Gonzaga made runs. And I knew Gonzaga was going to make runs in the second half. But they did, and they, but it wasn't like a 15-0 run or WVU was held scoreless for seven minutes. It was death by paper cuts. It was a 6-0 run, a 7-0 run, a 6-0 run, another 6-0 run. And West Virginia could handle a couple of those and bounce back. They couldn't handle all four. So rough turnovers tonight, missed shots. Another main, you know, if you look at the stat sheet, the three main guards for WVU, Deuce, Taz, Shot Robot, they shot eight for 32. And Gonzaga's three main guards tonight went 20 for 35. So you do the math on that. And that 20 of 35 included lots of layups from drives, back cuts. And here's the crazy part, not, not to scare anybody, is that WVU has possibly six more games this season against teams of the caliber of Gonzaga. And not as good offensively at Gonzaga, but these other six games, the defenses are better than Gonzaga. So you've, we've still got two versus Baylor, who sadly beat a really good Illinois team tonight. Two versus Kansas, who, yes, lost to Gonzaga, but they, they were competitive in that second half and came back multiple times versus Gonzaga and beat Kentucky this week. And they played terrible and beat Kentucky. And then two games against Texas, our good friends at Texas, who are undefeated, just beat North Carolina in their tournament, the Maui Invitational in North Carolina because pandemic. But they beat UNC. They held Indiana to 44 points. The good news, and yeah, you don't want to lose games, and they had a chance with the Gonzaga guy down to to make a statement win in Indy and finally win a game against Gonzaga. Now they're 0-4. I'm sorry, 0-5 now, and 0-4 in the Jimmy V Classic. But the good news is, based on this game, and this is the best team by far WVU has played this season, they deserve their top 10 Ken Palm ranking. They deserve their number 11 AP ranking. And I think they're going to get better. 
I believe that Jalen Bridges is going to make a shot this season. He hasn't done it yet. I believe Jordan McCabe is going to make a shot this season. He's made them some free throws. He hasn't made a shot this year. I believe Kedrian Johnson is going to make a shot this season. Shout out to Ked- Kedrian? Kedrian? I apologize. I liked his sneaky four minutes tonight, by the way. I believe Shot Robot is going to shoot better than 29% from the season where he's at currently. I believe Oscar will have games this season where he's not in foul trouble. I believe Deuce is not going to disappear in many, in many more second halves this season like he did tonight. I believe that Taz Sherman is going to cut down his turnovers this season. He had four tonight, too many. I believe that Gabe is going to continue to be amazing this season. I don't think it's a fluke. I don't think this is a stretch. This is what we're getting with Gabe, and I, and I like it. Maybe the offense will dip a little bit. But he's still a strong presence and one of the best players four games in. I believe Culver will continue getting double-doubles, filled with one-handed rebounds. I don't know why he was doing that tonight, but either he's either showing off or he's bored with how great he is at rebounding. Either way, I'm digging it. It does make a statement, the one-handed rebound. And you know what else? And I'm not ashamed to say this. I believe that the children are our future. So first loss of the season, scheduled last week at a moment's notice. They go to Indianapolis and WVU hangs with the best offensive team in the country. I'll take it. Random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. It's Christmas time. You know what you think of Christmas? Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. It's Christmas season, and Dyer Prime can help you with a certain Christmas item this holiday season. Stocking. You know, you fill up the stocking. You don't. Santa does. What if you could get a professionally embroidered stocking with a human name or pet name on it? Dyer Prime can do that. Limited quantities exist. Fine, fancy-looking stockings with your name embroidered on it. Call or text Dyer Prime to find out more, 304-767-4445, or find them on Facebook or Instagram. Just search for Dyer Prime, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Down. Yeah, bad news. West Virginia lost. I have some more bad news to share, but that could possibly be good news. Will Baker is leaving Texas. If you're not familiar with the work of Will Baker, Google Will Baker. Texas. He's entered the transfer portal. My favorite non-WVU player is looking for a new home. So I've got some questions. How often do guys transfer in basketball within the conference? I don't, I'm asking. I don't know. I know in football, one of WVU's offensive linemen left last year and stayed in the Big 12. I think he went to Oklahoma State. So I know there's a chance. And so I am now speaking to an audience of one. Will Baker, 
everybody clear out. And you probably have already after me rambling in the first segment. Will Baker, listen to me. WVU may not have any available scholarships right now. Okay. But I've never seen someone passionately set screens like you do. And because of the passion you have for setting screens, I feel like if you came to Morgantown, things would work out. You know, like there's not a path right now, but, you know, WVU could figure out a path to get you on the Mountaineer squad. Yes, sure. You shot 28% from the field last year and 15% from three. But you're super tall. And Bob Huggins, he'll help you with your shot selection. I don't know the rules about wearing a cowboy hat during in a game. And, and I don't know if you've tried to do that before. But if it if it sweetens the pot, I think Huggins would let you do that, like in an exhibition game. Again, I don't know the rules in a real game, and I've never seen somebody play basketball in a cowboy hat, for real. But you know, and I, maybe we can work that out. And by we, I would have nothing to do with this. You are, I guess, what I'm saying is, I watched you played last year. I watched you play last year, and you are to setting screens as that guy is in South Charleston that dresses up like a clown and waves at passerbys for multiple businesses. You guys are the same in that you both are passionate about what you do. Listen, and I'm I'm not a person who, who starts rumors or big on rumors, but maybe you entered the transfer portal. Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to start a rumor, Will, but maybe you entered the transfer portal because you were uncomfortable with your head coach, Shaka Smart, and what he's doing with his hair. Maybe that's throwing you off. It's obviously working for everybody else because they've had a great start to the season. Maybe it's not for you. I can't guarantee anything, but I feel like the length of Huggins' hair Yes, it may fluctuate. It got super long in the offseason and pandemic. But what I can, I feel confident telling you, Will, that looking straight ahead at Coach Huggins, you're going to see the hair slick back. And it's going to be something, his hair is going to look both kempt and unkempt at the same time which very few people on this earth can pull off, but it will be consistent and you don't have to worry about that. So he's not going to shave his head. Huggins is not going to shave his head. He's going to have hair to slick back. Okay. So just think it over. It doesn't truly make sense and may not be the ideal fit for you, but selfishly for me, I am welcoming you to Morgantown with open arms. Arms wide open. All right, I'm opening it back up for everybody to listen. Final thoughts coming up. Unreasonable Doubt is on the social media. 
on Instagram at UnreasonableDoubtWV, on Twitter at I'm Josh Witt, on Facebook. Go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it. Interact with the show. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. The next game for WVU is the Big East Big 12 Challenge. Or the Big 12 Big East Challenge. I think it's the first one. And it will be Sunday, this coming Sunday, 4.30 p.m. versus Georgetown. Our good old Big East rival Georgetown. That game will be on Fox Sports 1. It'll be in Washington, D.C., Georgetown this season, 1-1 one and one on the season, with their loss at the hands of basketball powerhouse Navy. David Robinson was at the Naval Academy, so it is it has a basketball pedigree. Georgetown is coached by, speaking of dream teamers, Georgetown coached by alum of Georgetown, dream team member, and Hall of Famer Patrick Ewing. And that's the only thing I know as far as names on Georgetown. I know Mac McClung, and he transferred into the Big 12 and plays at Texas Tech. When he left, I don't know anybody from Georgetown. Georgetown is the lowest Ken Palm ranked team WVU has faced thus far, which gives me an opportunity to shout out the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State who beat Iowa State tonight, helping the the view of WVU's win versus South Dakota State. WVU WVU will be favored on the road. This is the fifth of five games this season WVU has played away from Morgantown. How will they bounce back from their first loss? I believe, and I don't say this very often on the podcast, I believe that WVU will bounce back and win. I said it. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms, or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Google Play. No, that's not a thing. Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, CastBox. Subscribe to the podcast. Do that one thing, and I think that helps this podcast. Thank you for making this first week of the season season four the most listened to of all the seasons of unreasonable doubt i really am blown away each season that that we continue to go the right way i think we being me and you the listener we're moving in the right direction every year slowly but there's two directions we can go right Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2020-21 season, they're 3-1.